besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Well, great to have you with us on the Overnight Crowd. It is Paul Heath. Not only is lonesome, as uh, you would normally hear, I'm joined by Jenny Wallace on tonight's program. Jenny, welcome back once again. Oh, look, it's so good to work with you. Oh, it's been it's been years. It has it's been nice years. To be back. Yeah, to uh, provide a bit of context, if you did miss our chat early on, uh, Jenny actually showed me the ropes on my first sports media job back in uh, community radio, Sport FM days. Uh, well, I was learning how to produce the sports breakfast show. Good times, you know. I mean, well, I mean, I was going to say over better times, but you know, with uh, pre-pandemic times, basically, was, uh, it was what I was looking for. There. It was. It was. That's how long ago it was. It was pre-pandemic. It certainly was. <laughs> uh, we're about to be joined by Paul Dennett from Cricket Daily and Cricket Unfiltered Podcast, but Justin from Coburg has uh, dialed up that number on one three hundred seven three six seven three six and wants to say good day. Hello, Justin. How are you? Hey, how are you, man? I'm recovering a lot better now. Oh, that's good. Good to hear you're uh, yeah, on the mend, mate. We uh, love to hear that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure your uh, co-host hasn't heard what I went through. No, I don't think Jenny has before. How are you, Jenny? I'm good. I'm good. But you've obviously got a story, a bit of a background for me. Yes. So um, I went to hospital a couple of days ago and I had surgery on my three broken ribs on the left other right hand side of me and a full shoulder reconstruction. Lordy. Well you're on the mend now though, so that's the good side of the story. Yeah. But um Phil I think was laughing a bit when I said that I ran into the goalpost. <laughs> <laughs> no, we wouldn't laugh at your pain, mate. Uh did you watch the cricket tonight, right. Justin? No, I wasn't on TV. I was actually listening to it on the radio because I don't have Foxtel. Oh, right, of course. Well, uh, you would, uh, yeah, good uh, SEN man uh, joining in with the coverage. Uh, what did you, what did you make yeah. of uh, your man Maxwell's innings? I, I think he actually done quite well. Um, even though um, he didn't go into the test team, I've sort of um, gone past the protest. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I, I think he actually done quite well. Um, I think, well, he, um, what did he make? I think he made 30 or something, or he made it a half century. Maxie, he made seven. Oh, God. Well, I think, <laughs> I, even, though, even though I think he done all right. Yeah. A good seven. Seven yeah. off five balls. It's a solid seven. Yeah, well, that, that's, my, that's my lucky number anyway. Oh, so. there, you go. there you go. Perfect. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, just quickly, I'm, yeah, I'm sad to see you. Um, I'm sad to see you leave SEN. Uh, we're going to miss you. I'll, I'll still be at SEN, uh, just uh, working in on a different show just over here in WA. Oh, well, you're not going anywhere, all right? You're staying put. <laughs> okay, mate. No worries. <laughs> but yeah, but no. Um, yeah, it's, it's sad to see you go on a, to a different job, but all the best and. Um, Hopefully we'll hear you back on the late overnight crowd again sometime soon. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate that, mate. So uh, you, you take and care of yourselves. I, can, yeah, yeah. So you go. Yep. And can I, can I just say to Big Al and um, all the other listeners, thank you so much for all your support and uh, your get wells and that. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, just keep, let them know that um, I'm recovering a lot better and. I'd like to tell you guys as well, too, that I will be starting up playing a footy again. Oh, that's great news, mate. Look forward to uh, you back on but your feet not, and playing. Not div- 
Yeah, but not in the not the Aussie rules footy. Okay. I'm doing rugby league. Oh, you're getting into a bit of league. Here we go. Yep. Yeah. So I'm trying to take after uh, Billy Slater. Okay, mate. I, uh, I cannot wait to see you uh, down there at fullback. I look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and thanks, Phil. And uh, nice to talk to you too, Jenny. And um, hopefully Phil doesn't um, leave the uh, SEN <laughs> for another two years. At least. No worries, Justin. Have a good night, mate. Thanks for the call. You too. Thanks, man. See you. Take it easy. All right. That is Justin from Coburg joining us. Now, uh, Jenny, you did get a bit of a heads up about this uh, next caller. Uh, one of our favorite callers here on SEN, hands down. Like, you go top of the tree, top basically, the tree. here. Uh, Margaret from Sunbury has dialed up the number for the overnight crowd and joins us here. Uh, good evening, Margaret. Margaret, have we got there? Oh, no. Hang on a sec. Margaret, have we got there? Yes, I am. There we are. Hello. How are you going? Good, thank you. And we're losing you on the station for a while. Yeah, I'll just be uh, focusing on a show over here in Doing WA. Doing another job. Yes, yeah, just for a little bit. Oh, good luck, Paul. You've oh. been a joy to listen to. Thanks, Margaret. I've, I've enjoyed you. And welcome, Jenny. Welcome, Jenny, on board. Thanks, Margaret. I, I got the heads up that I'd be hearing from you. You're the matriarch of SEN, I hear. I'm the old girl of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that's always... Never shuts her eyes. That's <laughs> oh, always yeah. always got the ear to the phone. So, well, so I hear. So I'll be listening to you, Jenny, and Fantastic. all the best. To, we're not a bad crew, so we <laughs> won't give you a bad time. We'll, oh, no, we'll do it. I look forward to the conversations. Not at all. No, not at, at all. Like the very supportive Margaret, always quick with a uh, kind and supportive word as well. And just, you know, some great life advice. She gave me what to do on New Year's Eve not too long ago and said, you know, you don't have to head on out. You just head on down to your gate with your partner and your dog. You have a look around. Exactly. That's what I did. I had one of the best New Year's I've had in years. <laughs> Thanks to Margaret from Sunbury. You always walk to the gate and have a look and have a listen. And, and you'd be, it's just, you can hear a pin drop sometimes. <laughs> Nothing, just me at the gate. Yeah. I think we, I think we and, might be kindred souls here, Margaret. I'm looking forward to our chats. Good girl. All the best, Jenny. Hey, Margaret, just before you go, do you, yes? is Margaret's banter running on Sunday? She's not. No, oh, she's, got, okay. she's not so well. Oh. She's uh, not terribly sick, but she's just got a little bit of a, a temperature, and uh, so she's got to have some antibiotics. Mm. Well, if she's having antibiotics, she can't run in the race. Oh, so, okay. uh, no, she's not going to run at this weekend, but she'll be, won't be long on, off the track. I'm All looking right. forward to I couldn't go anyhow. I, I, it was at sale, and my son said, as you know, they call him the Rocky. <laughs> uh, the Rocky <laughs> said, you can't go, Mum. That's too far for you to go there and back. Yep. Oh, I thought, well, I've got, you know, you're <laughs> the a rules, child twice in your life. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you've got to be told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret, always lovely to hear your voice. Uh, take care of yourself Thanks and we'll catch up soon. All the best. Good, good, you too. Good on you, Jenny. Bye for now. Have a great morning. Margaret from Sunbury. And, uh, yeah, as, as we heard, you know, it's just absolute best when you get to have a chat with Margaret from Sunbury. Like it, 
you know, I mean, everyone that we have a chat to here on the overnight crowd is wonderful, but it just really fills your heart having a chat with Margaret. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to some more time with Margaret and some life advice. So I probably need it. So <laughs> <laughs> I think she might, she might set me on the straight and narrow. You are on the overnight crowd with Paul and Jenny for this Friday night into Saturday morning around the nation. 0433981116 is the text line if you'd like to get involved. We are headed to a bit of a cricket chat with award-winning a cricket podcaster in Paul Dennett. He's part of the Cricket Daily and Cricket Unfiltered teams and he joins us on the overnight crowd. Good morning to you, Paul. G'day, Hita. G'day, Jenny. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Thanks so much for the time once again. Uh, I did make note earlier uh, in the program of Cricket Australia and Justin Langer waiting for our chat last Friday to finish <laughs> before any news came out. What did you make of the news that then did come out, Paul? Well, I think we set the agenda, don't we? I think that... Um, <laughs> There's, there's rumours that the Prime Minister is going to call an election. I think he's uh, waiting until we, we finish up to, to decide that as well. Um, I, I think that um, universally everyone just thought that Cricket Australia handled it badly. Um, and that united both sides. Even the, the, I think there's plenty of support for, for, for Langer over in, over in Perth where you are um, and plenty of support for, uh, for some change elsewhere. But I think that both sides of it thought that Cricket Australia, gosh, you know, they could have just made... Um, a much more pragmatic decision. They could have gone as far back as August when they realised that realistically they weren't going to offer him an extension. Keep him in the house. Um, Gideon Haig on Offsiders was talking about, you know, it's almost like Justin Langer was potentially even played out of position, to use his words. <laughs> yeah. He's such a good mentor of, of young players. Um, you know, he did so much with Adam Voges that he wasn't young at the time, but you could see him working some wonders with some players on the fringes of, of test selection in the future. But as things stand, Potentially, he's lost to the system. So, yeah, it's a, a disappointing way that it was handled. But I, I suspect it's possibly the right thing. Four years, three and a half years was a long time of the job. Things have changed a lot. I think the players did want to change. So we've probably reached the right uh, outcome, but just in a bad way. It's, it's been fascinating to me. I heard you talk about um, the fact that maybe it just you know, could have been handled slightly better. The fact that, he, um, that we heard the idea of just the six-month extension you can understand from, the, like, you can play devil's advocate, can't you? You can understand from Justin Langer's side why he then went, well, I resign. If, if I'm getting told that within that six months later, nothing, I definitely will not be offered another extension. You can see it from his perspective why he said, okay, well, now's the right time to shift over and move along. That's probably the, one of the disappointing elements because you feel like they would have known that decision when they first told him we're going to hold off for these discussions after the Ashes. Well, that's the thing, that um, it would have been absolutely incredible if Langer had accepted it. I mean, part of him might have been tempted to because they would have offered that to him with the certainty that he was going to resign. <laughs> he might have been tempted to say, OK, well, you want to get rid of me, I'll take you up on the offer. You'll get, you'll get to see me till the end of November. Um, and I, I think that it's partially to do with Cricket Australia not wanting to make the hard decision that um, by doing it this way, they can at least say, well, you know, we offered him something and he resigned rather than yeah. fearing if they sacked him and then um, we don't do so well in Pakistan, we don't do so well elsewhere. Everyone says, then, then why did you get rid of him? So um, I think that's part, uh, uh, part of the reason. So any thoughts on who will replace Justin Langer full-time? We know McDonald's got it at the moment, but it's only been named in an interim capacity. What are you, what are you leaning towards? I think that McDonald probably uh, is right up there as favourite, but the, every time it's mentioned that he's favourite, it's also mentioned that he might not want the job, that he's got so many commitments elsewhere. He's got the IPL, he's got potentially the 100, he's got, um, I think, three kids. Does he really want a job where he's away 300 nights of the year? 
Um, then there's Trevor Bayliss, who's talked about as well, um, which people from say that's the New South Wales <laughs> mafia effect. <laughs> It's slightly annoying as someone from Sydney, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but the interesting thing is that now that Jason Gillespie has all but ruled himself out, um, if they did sort of discover that McDonald and Bayless don't want it, then they could be in a, a bit of a hole because there's a reluctance really to go abroad. Um, so they might suddenly find that there aren't that many um, candidates. I mean, uh, when Chris Silverwood's out of a job, I don't think they'd want him, but um, <laughs> it, it <laughs> It could be quite interesting, but I think that McDonald is probably slightly favoured ahead of, of Bayless. So Justin Langer sort of makes the decision for everyone in announcing his resignation following the six-month contract, which was the offer. Uh, we finally got to see Pat Cummins first release a statement, then uh, front the media and uh, answer some of their questions in front of what seemed to be a locust farm or something like that, the greatest position that's ever been picked for a press conference. But uh, did you take any sort of um, from Pat's sort of regaining of the situation where he sort of took um, hold of it again and said, well, it's been running out of control for a little bit, the narrative the last few days with stories that were broken and then, you know, gone back on by Cricket Australia. Did Pat sort of take the control back uh, across that press conference? Yeah, blaring cicadas of the um, <laughs> cicadas, as they say in Victoria, are the um, the soundtrack for Sydney summer. Um, I thought he did really well, um, and I think that's what has been basically said in the press. That the, the thing that was difficult was he was never going to be able to be as candid um, as he would want to be. Uh, so he's always going to have that sort of um, uh, weighing weighing his words carefully. But I thought within those boundaries, he did pretty well. He was. I thought the way that he handled the criticism that, that Mitchell Johnson gave him was quite good. How he uh, basically sort of indicated he was calm with it, although he completely disagreed with it. He took a little bit of the, the sting out of some of those situations. And I thought he was as, um, you know, pretty diplomatic about what he said about um, Justin Langer. And, I, I, you know, I think that even those who were, were annoyed that the players' power got rid of the coach would have to say that in Cummins, I think we have got a good leader. And there was some speculation in the days leading up to it that he'd lost a little bit of his... Um, luster by being associated with it. I think he got it back with that press conference. Yeah, I also liked the fact that he put it back on the past player generation that have been quite vocal in their support of their mate in Justin Langer, that Cummins actually turned it around into terms that they can understand where he said, the same way as you've been sticking up for your mate, I'm sticking up for mine. Exactly. And, I mean, I think that um, the, the past players, to a degree, were also very critical of the process, and I think that if the if the process had been different, if it had been a much smoother process, then there still would have been some some bitterness that he's been let go, but it wouldn't have been quite so quite so heated. And uh, I, I think that the players, with reading between the lines, had sort of said, "Look, we are we definitely need a new a new way forward. We 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 can't handle um, Justin Langer anymore. Um, you know, they they like him, they respect him, they think he's done a lot of good, but they." They feel that that's the sort of the line in the sand, and they they want a different style. And I think that's also unspoken that um, Cummins is almost saying, "I bet you that if some of these guys who are you know the the legends of yesteryear criticising what we've done, if they'd been in the same dressing room and if they'd been in the same conversations, they'd probably feel the same way as we do." Moving on to uh, the series that it seems like the Australian public has forgotten in the uh, Australia taking on <laughs> Sri Lanka in the T20 uh, five-match series it is. So we get five of them. The first uh, tonight in Sydney where 
it always seems to rain whenever there's cricket on in Sydney, Paul. Maybe you can uh, answer uh, something about that as a uh, West Australian just scratching my head a little bit. But the Aussies uh, post 149. It doesn't feel like enough, but, uh, yeah, it ends up being well and truly enough as they uh, claim the first victory against the Sri Lankans in Game 1 tonight. Yeah, it's the absolute bane of my summer. Every summer <laughs> when the cricket's on, it rains in Sydney and the rest of the country think we've got the worst weather in the world. I tell you what, I got a shock about four years ago when they relocated a, a league game to Perth. And I just thought it never rained in Perth because I only, you know, I, I tune in during the summer and it never rains. And the NRL game was absolutely belting down in June. I thought, oh, it's nice to see it does rain in Perth. I think the difference is that no rain is kind of the whole year round, whereas in other parts of the country, it, t- it tends to rain more in the winter. But yeah, look, I can't really defend it. It does seem um, <laughs> it does seem pretty bad. Uh, the forecast was a, a, abysmal. I'm surprised we actually got a result uh, in it all. And yeah, you're right that um, the, the tradition tonight was anyone I contacted saying, you know, um, what do you think of the game? That's I didn't never didn't know it was on. Um, so um, that being said, I think that the pitch was a little bit spicier than both teams uh, realised, and that. Australia were were batting as though it was a pitch they needed to get 200 on, and 149 probably wasn't that bad a score. And the, there was there was a bit of movement. There was a um, ball wasn't necessarily coming onto the bat. So oh, I found it quite an entertaining game, and I'm refreshed by the fact that Sri Lanka seemed to be on the way up. I've, I've been listening to Russell Arnold um, talking about them for a while, and that there's this sense of optimism in Sri Lankan cricket, and um, that, that's great because for the last couple of years they they've been starting to struggle a little bit. So yeah, they 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 gave Australia a little bit of a scare. I thought it was good to see that too. I, I like to see where there's there's across international cricket when where there's a gap that's been formed. I love to watch it start to get pegged back. So uh, I agree with you. Um, it's interesting. It's just that cricket fatigue factor. I think where people have gone ashes. Oh, it's finished, and we switched off from thinking about cricket. Yes, for sure. And um, it's it's this thing that um, as an ardent cricket fan, I think that cricket needs to. I've tried to get the hashtag trending of fight for February. That, uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm the only one that doesn't feel that way. I mean, yep. Maybe men as well. Like we feel like we're just we're ready for more cricket, um, and yet the rest of the country is just absolutely desperate for you know Aussie rules in four of the states and rugby league in the other two. And you know I'm not against that, but um, I just think that we've got to say February's a summer month. We've got to find a way to make these games more attractive. And obviously the fact that they're not on free to air TV just punctures them. You know, punctures them completely. And I think that. Uh, short-form cricket is always more attractive when it's in a, a series. Even the old days with the tri-series, you look back and think, how do we get so excited about a series where there was three teams and they had about a million qualifiers and then a <laughs> final that, that two of them qualified for, yet it seemed to work. You know, if we could get another side down here and, and make it a bit of a tri-series, it might give it a bit of oxygen. But at the moment, it's, it's really just a warm-up for the World Cup, I suppose. What about the uh, performances from the team? Uh, I guess a couple of questions out of uh, some of those uh, performances. Any concerns around Aaron Finch? We saw him, you know, sort of a slower starter for Big Bash uh, with a bit of injury, but once he got going, he was okay. But only the eight runs tonight. Ben McDermott and Josh Inglis uh, were fresh ins to the team. They both performed uh, high up the batting order. And how about Josh Hazelwood? Straight back into the side. Four for 12 of his four overs. Not looking like he missed a beat. Yeah, it's impressive that we won the Ashes effectively with so easily, but effectively with um, without Hazelwood playing only the, only the one Test match. I, I think that um, the questions on Finch are going to only be answered by runs, as is always the case. They're they're quite quiet at the moment, but if he was to go through the rest of his series um, uh, continuing to fail, especially if McDermott continues to score runs, given that we've got. Um, Warner to come back in as well, then that's going to be quite an interesting talking point because the last thing they want to do is get rid of the captain before the World Cup. 
I like Finch. I want him to succeed. But I think that this, the importance of the captaincy is vastly overstated. I'd pick our best 11 and then pick a captain from there. But that's not the way that they tend to go. Steve Smith is also possibly going to have yeah. some questions to, to be answered. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge fan of his. And I, I think that in Australian conditions, especially, he can play a, a really good role in the World Cup. But it, it was curious that he came in uh, before Stoinis. And then Stoyner sort of underlined that by the fact that, that he batted superbly and, and really um, played a match-winning role. We are joined by Paul Dennett from Cricket Daily and Cricket Unfiltered Podcast on the Overnight Crowd. It's Paul Heath and Jenny Wallace in the studio with you on the Overnight Crowd tonight. So we'll be back with uh, more chat with Paul after this upcoming break. We'll turn our attention to some Sheffield Shield, the Pakistan tour for Australia with squads announced on both sides, and also the chat around a big bash league overseas player draft. Can it happen? Will it happen? What will it look like? Will I answer all of those questions for you on the other side of this break? 0433 98 11 16. Paul Heath with Jenny Wallace. We'll be back with Paul Dennett on the other side of this break. Great to have you with us on the overnight crowd. It is Paul Heath and Jenny Wallace taking you from Friday into Saturday night across the nation. 0433 98 11 16. If you'd like to get involved, we are currently joined by Paul Dennett to uh, keep on talking cricket at the moment. This text coming through before we do return to Paul saying, if you seriously think that Pat Cummins wrote a single word of that statement, then I have some land to sell you on Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a good PR and media <laughs> department, uh, especially with the way these players are these days with all their player agents and managers and stuff. There's there's a clever, you know, PR machine in there polishing, you know, making sure that he's putting the right foot forward. And I'm okay with that. It's a modern <laughs> athlete, isn't it? I guess it is. Uh, keep your thoughts coming on the overnight crowd. 0433 98 11 16. Let's uh, welcome back Paul Dennett from Cricket Daily and Cricket Unfiltered to the overnight crowd. Welcome back, Paul. Thanks, guys. I think that um, Cummins, he might have had the statement written, but the, the off-the-cuff stuff that he said at the press conference was his and his alone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I feel like that's uh, the true performance that everyone could get a factor on because we could lay eyes on him, couldn't we, and uh, see what we wanted to see, which was feeling, emotion, um, maybe truthfulness in some of it. Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, as I said before, I think it was a good performance. He was a little bit nervous at the start, which kind of made it um, even all the more endearing. Was it Was it received well in Perth or is it the, there's still the, too much bitterness there? No, we're still, um, we've all got our <laughs> things on fire. Pitchforks. Yeah, pitchforks, exactly. Yeah, um, we're trying to get JL out of hotel quarantine early, you know, as like a little special treat. Um, there's, yeah, there's, no, it hasn't been received well. Let's go with that, I think. I feel, I feel like that's fair to say, reading the Pulse, not, not received well. <laughs> Well, maybe there should be a secession and we could um, <laughs> have a, a test match at the at the new Perth Stadium, Western Australia versus Australia. That'd be, that'd be good to see. <laughs> Don't put, in... put that idea out there. I think that will be like locked in. Be, care- be very, very careful what you wish for. <laughs> a couple of marshes is our uh, captain and vice captain and away we go for the WA team, I think. Um, but uh, Sheffield Shield action has returned, Paul. And uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, the cricket lovers out there are rejoicing, as uh, we said earlier. New South Wales team always seem to be able to get these sort of results, and they've eked out a two-wicket win against Queensland earlier today as well. Um, how do they keep doing it? Um, I suppose having a third of the population helps. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was very impressive that I think we had about eight or so players missing for, for, for one reason or another. Um, they almost didn't do it because I was watching at the end and Queensland uh, had a run-out given not out, which was actually out um, by about... I don't know, 20 centimetres, which um, I think that I'd love it if they actually used the, the TV coverage. I know that um, they don't have fixed cameras at square leg and, and point 
like they do in the internationals, and occasionally you might get a substandard replay. But given that they're all covered now and they're all streamed and they're all on KO, might as well go upstairs for run out to it, make it um, make it far better than it currently is. And I'm sure that the, the Queenslanders would agree with that. But yeah, it was a, a, a really good game. Uh, the Gabba, when it's um, got a bit of spice in it, it's one of the best one of the best places uh, to watch cricket. And I think it was heartening that in a low scoring game, Kawaja and um, Labashain got some runs, not huge runs, a 60 and a 40, but um, ahead of the Pakistan tour, that's pretty impressive. And, and Dan Hughes carried his bat for the second time this season. He's impressive, isn't he, Dan Hughes? He seems to be there and thereabouts the conversations as the next level, but at the same time, maybe outside of New South Wales, not as um, counted upon as as probably where New South Wales are so thankful that they've got someone with the likes of the output of Hughes. He's just so consistent. Well, I'd be be nervous to suggest that he should be in the Australian side, given (laughs) that I've been um, very gung-ho about New South Wales. You guys might hang up on (laughs) me. <laughs> um, but he was, he, I think at one point, um, a few seasons ago, it was at the instigation of Steve Smith that um, I think it was Ed Cowan was left out for a game because Smith was playing in a rare shield game and he wanted to see Dan Hughes up close because of the potential that he might play for Australia. So, yeah, he's, he's kind of, um, he's never far away. Mm. And look, you know, if he, if he, was, um, if he was from another country, um, he probably would have played by now. And Chris Tremaine was player of the match for this game in his uh, adopted state of getting some runs with the bat and some wickets. Uh, we just seem to be churning out the fast bowlers across Australia. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you look at um, you know, Steckerty um, taking eight wickets as well. And uh, he, he was, I mean, he's been in the Australian squad before, but w- would he get into an Australian third 11? Probably at the moment, that's where he'd get into. Um, there's been times in our past when he'd be one of the first bowlers chosen. I was, um, uh, I think it was at Lords in 2013. I was there, and Australia had a, a shocking day; got smashed everywhere. And I look back and think, and you know, we had a very decent attack, but some of the bowlers in, in Shield cricket now that don't get a look in would have been um, very much in the in the frame back then. So the other match that's ongoing, uh, we're looking for a result on day four as it rolls around on Saturday. South Australia versus Victoria. Some great batting from uh, the South Australian batters earlier on. Jake Weatherald with 122. Daniel Drew going to uh, bed on 96 one night. He gets to 130 the next day. So uh, well-made innings there. There's also been some great runs for uh, Victoria along the way with Marcus Harris and Will Pukowski making some uh, great runs. So as much as we're seeing you know, the uh, uh, bowling talent keep on coming through Australia, it looks like we're starting to see some more of those names emerge with uh, some more consistent performances in the Sheffield Shield. Yeah, it's always exciting to see someone new. I mean, Daniel Drew's only his second game. He uh, he took a long time to get going. <laughs> 14 runs took about 80 or 90 balls and it was a, a mammoth innings in the end, but uh, I think he's 25, second game. He's apparently been batting the house down uh, I think played for West Torrens in South Australia and Adelaide grade cricket, so good to see him get some runs uh, and also definitely Will Pukowski, uh, a nice 50 and Marcus Harris is also um, obviously st- still maintained his spot in the Australian squad for Pakistan. And Nick Madison scored 82. He was batting with the tail, playing with um, real freedom and really giving the ball a cloud. He's a reserve player for that side. So he's another one who I'd be uh, eager to see given another chance at test level at some point. And do you see this match um, coming to a, a victory for either side or more likely a draw? I think a result is still um, more likely than a draw. Um, I tend to always think that um, that's the case, though. I, I, I think that we, we, we've had, sometimes we kind of feel like we're back in the 1990s when everyone's, oh, it's going to be a draw. Um, I think that 
there's every chance, as long as South Australia declare, you know, you'd hope that they, they declare um, first thing tomorrow. Um, 305 is the current lead. Um, you know, you don't really get much credit for a draw these days, so both sides should, uh, you know, Victoria should certainly uh, accept whatever challenge is given to them. And when they've got a player like Maddinson in the side, then, um, they, you know, they can, they can score pretty quickly. The upcoming Pakistan tour are about three weeks away from uh, it getting underway, about 24 years in the making, Australia returning to Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan announcing their squad with, uh, you know, some not eye-rousing names, but uh, perhaps uh, some later career debuts from like Harris Ralph in the test arena. But for the Australian squad, your man Glenn Maxwell hasn't returned to the baggy green just yet. Ashton Agar, seemingly the only addition to the extended group of players that uh, took out the Ashes last month. Yeah, we're going to have a sort of a three-way um, uh, campaign. You, me, and Justin from Coburg. <laughs> we didn't succeed. We didn't succeed, um, and apparently that's a good thing because Maxie's wedding's in March, and it was going to give him a very, very difficult question to have to uh, to see what the, the the priorities, where the priorities uh, lay. But uh, hopefully, you know, maybe for the Indian tour at some stage that he's still considered because I still still, still think that he's um, uh, worthwhile. But They've gone with a pretty uh, expected squad, just building from the 11 that played in the final test match. As you said, um, uh, uh, Ashton Agar, probably the one slightly surprising name. I'm really fascinated what the pitches are going to be like over there. I was reading uh, Basit Khan, the Pakistani commentator, saying it's a real misnomer to expect real spinning pitches like you get in India. Uh, I put it out on Twitter the other day, what are the pitches going to get? And a lot of uh, Pakistanis said um, you can expect... um, a couple of days are fairly flat, uh, but then it's going to really um, sort of explode, oh. and um, you'll get a get a bit of reverse swing as well. So reverse swing and maybe a bit of spin on day four and day five. We really struggle with that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how we go. But oh, I can't wait for that series. And it's twenty five years since we have toured to Pakistan, so none of these players have got any experience over in these conditions. I think that adds a an excellent element to the challenge for this touring side. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just wonderful to see it back. I remember that tour of, of 1998, watching it when I was at university. Um, <laughs> seems like a, a long time ago. Um, and it was the first tour that Australia went on to Pakistan that was actually covered on Australian TV because the one from four years before is the last tour Australia ever went on that wasn't covered on either TV or radio. And so um, I've, I think I've said to you before, um, either Menas and I have discovered that we were separately we hadn't met and we weren't going to met for years but we were separately sitting in darkened rooms listening to the am radio updates every half hour to see whether steve was going to get 100 or not and then he got bowled by was in macram for 98 so, uh. but i digress uh. <laughs> uh how about the big bash uh paul we've uh seen you know the amount of scrutiny it went through with it being too long or there being other problems and it seems like uh, the clubs are going to have a little bit more of an eye on them, their recruitment of uh, international stars with some plans for an overseas player draft to uh, come ahead. Can they do something like this? Does it? How does it work? What does it look like, I guess? I think it's a good idea. I mean, firstly, I mean, it's, a, it's a good gimmick, and I think that that's, um, that's not a bad thing. I remember um, distinctly the start of the 2017 um, 18 Ashes that was on. Um, offsiders on the ABC. And I can't remember who was the journalist, but she was from Melbourne and she took great delight in saying, oh yeah, um, one of the biggest sporting occasions in Australia is set to start in three days. And she sort of made everyone believe she was going to say the Ashes. She said, you know, it's the AFL draft because it actually was on the same day as the, <laughs> the start of the Ashes. They're not shy of the AFL. Um, <laughs> and so you kind of want your sport to be being talked about as often as possible. So in the lead up to the draft, there can be all the speculation of who's going to do what. And 
um, that, that could only be a good thing. As far as how it would work, um, it is interesting given that there'll be some players who, you know, you might draft them and they might only be available for a couple of games. Uh, some of the clubs are talking about it as a good thing because it'll allow them to entice more overseas players to Australia. I'm not really sure how that works unless they're going to allocate more budget towards it because at the moment they're free to get these players. I don't see how the draft would actually make that any different. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, one to really try and wrap your head around, and uh, I'm not too sure if I'm just there yet, Paul. But uh, on the way out, mate, uh, a couple of names that we uh, were upset, or I was obsessed over, uh, about over summer in Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad. They've been told to get fired up for the summer ahead of uh, English cricket after they weren't picked for the upcoming Test tour of the West Indies. It seems like they weren't exactly the two guys that I would be deleting from the squad. But then again, I don't make these calls. It's a weird call, I think, and I think that um, I think England have got obsessed with this notion of oh, we've got a plan for the future without them. And you know, um, I remember way back when when Greg Chappell, Rod Marsh, Dennis Lilly all retired in the same Test match, and Australia had then went into the doldrums after that. Everyone said, oh, we won't let that happen again. We've got to prepare for it better. I'm saying, well, how would you prepare for it better? Would you say, Dennis Lilly, you got to you got to retire a season early because we're not we want to blood someone new? Um, I, I think that both Anderson and Broad, if I'm picking a side to beat the West Indies. They're still in that side. And so I think that they are, you know, as you said, the, the only good thing about it is that they're two quite grumpy characters. They might spend the, the next few months just um, bowling a million balls in the nets and maybe will be even better and more fired up for the upcoming summer of cricket in England. But England don't have the greatest record in the West Indies in Test cricket, even in more recent decade or more, more recent years when the West Indies haven't been so good. So, uh, yeah. Pick the side that's going to win the next test matches. This is the smart thing to do, I reckon. Yeah, they're uh, yeah trying to find an alternative method to doing just that, England. But we will keep on watching uh, with uh, a bated breath and see how it uh, continues on. Paul, thank you so much for the time and expertise on the overnight crowd once again, mate. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thanks, mate. It's been great talking to you over these last um, oh. uh, few months, and um, all the best for the future. It's um, a pity, pity to see you going, but it sounds like you're going on to something um, really good and. Um, Jenny, great to meet you um, and hope to talk to you again. Absolutely. Thanks for that. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for the uh, kind words, mate. Uh, Paul Dennett from Cricket Daily and Cricket Unfiltered Podcast joining us on the Overnight Crowd and, uh, yeah, doing, as again, a great job, as we uh, always see when he does join us here on the Overnight Crowd. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.